You are listening to TKO on CFRU Radio 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is happening, everybody? What is good with y'all? It's your girl, Janan, right here on TKO. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA, and other combat sports too. We also discuss the issues that surround the world of fighting and talk about notable fighters and athletes, how they all got started in the game, and of course, where they are now. So, hey everybody, what is happening? Uh, Happy quarantine once again. I believe this is the sixth week of quarantine since, at least in Ontario, like since mid-March. I believe that is, actually no, that wouldn't make sense because it's only been a month and a bit. So it can't be six no, actually, yes. No, that would make sense. Anyway, uh, so yes, I hope you are having a great day so far. I hope quarantine isn't, isn't really taking a toll on you, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally. Um, personally, your girl right here, I only have about a week of school left and it is officially exam period. And I know a lot of people already got done with their exams, which does make me a little bit jealous because I, I know I'm, I'm just sitting at home and studying, but, you know, just to be done with all the courses that I've been working on since the beginning of the winter semester, it will be a big, big relief. But I'm sure um, the next time that we speak on TKO, then I'm, I'll be officially done all my exams. So that is definitely something to look forward to. But yeah, man, that is, that is um, something that I've been up to mostly for the past... How long? Like two, three weeks, you know, just those last minute assignments and now studying for my final exams. But uh, it will it'll all be over soon. And I cannot wait. Like I know so far I've, I've been doing so many things in quarantine. Some of the things that uh, I didn't really have the time to do, you know, before all this went down, like I, I tend to take my time while working out tend to meditate a lot more, just uh, catching up with the TV shows and the documentary series that I've been wanting to catch up on for the longest time. So yeah, I've been doing a lot of that, um, specifically talking about some of the things that I, I have just started doing as of quarantine. I don't know why, but I've been really into uh, watching true crime documentaries and they're just so, so interesting. Um, so if, if that's your thing, definitely go ahead and watch all those documentaries. They're so, so interesting and they're just so intriguing and they keep you hooked on. And the next thing you know, like I, I, I listen, I love watching shows like fictional shows. Um, but there's something about documentaries, the fact that they actually took place, like they're based on real life um, situations. It just makes them so much more intriguing and interesting. So yeah, definitely go ahead and watch all those documentaries if you want to. If not true crime, just watch other types of documentaries. They're so informative, but at the same time, so, so entertaining. So yeah, that's been something that I've been hooked on um, ever since quarantine started. But you guys, okay, listen, the world of combat sports has been experiencing so much turbulence over the past few weeks, uh, we've been delivering the the most updated version of announcements and uh, just just the news that has been out there for MMA and boxing. Every every single week, we've been bringing them to you. But the thing is, 
uh, you could call it bad luck or whatever it is, but every single time we finish recording, we upload our episodes to CFRU. Uh, a couple hours later, thing like new things come out, just completely disputing what <laughs> what we've been telling you guys during your episode, which is kind of it, it, actually not kind of, but it is a huge bummer. So, I, like, listen, I will try my best to record our episodes as. Um, as late as possible so that we can still obviously broadcast them on time, but so that uh, you guys have access to the most updated versions of announcements and, and news when it comes to combat sports. So for the past uh, week, a lot of important things went down. Uh, I know last uh, on, our, on our previous episode, we talked about how all UFC events were going to be canceled until further notice, but the next thing you know, um, some people who we don't even know who they are have come out on behalf of the UFC saying that UFC 249, which was just canceled and that was actually supposed to originally happen on April 18th, is now rescheduled to happen on May May 9th, not May 8th, May, May 9th, but not even at the place that we expected it to happen in the first place, which was the Taki Casino in Northern California, is actually going to happen somewhere in Florida. And I know to a lot of people, this sounds really, really random. But the thing is, first of all, I want to give a big shout out to the governor of Florida, because what uh, the governor, um, Governor DeSantis, I believe it is, the Florida governor has come out um, and uh, he's actually put out an order saying that um, whoever works as part of professional sports and um, so, you know, uh, any any sort of production team and um, all the athletes, all the entertainers, the executive team, the media team, whoever's involved with professional sports, their services are deemed as essential so, for, yeah, a big shout out to Florida, a big shout out to the governor of Florida for actually realizing this, um, because nowhere else in the world uh, has anybody, any any um, uh, authority figure come to this conclusion. And uh, I, I do understand that there's a lot of critics out there who don't like um, this whole situation, because, you know, still, even though professional athletes, like, um, they provide content and whatnot, um, they keep us actually uh, in quarantine by entertaining us because we want to stay home and watch their, um, uh, watch their shows, watch their fights, their performance, what have you. I totally understand, why, like, the logic behind deeming professional sports as essential but at the same time like i said a lot of uh, a lot of critics out there have been saying that okay even professional athletes and all the people that do work on their teams and on the uh, on their organizations they're still people they're still prone to catching covid and um you know there there shouldn't really uh, be a double standard when it comes to um just um canceling certain businesses versus keeping essential businesses open. Like, of course, we all understand grocery stores being open, uh, banks being open, uh, pharmacies and hospitals remaining open. Those are all logical. But a lot of people are actually criticizing the fact that professional sports are being deemed as essential. And my point of view on this matter is that, okay, what is the difference between... Uh, 
professional athletes who do this for the sake of uh, the fans' um, entertainment. What is the difference between what they're doing versus the newscaster or um, uh, the show producer, like the morning show producers that are still producing content for TV? I I think this also falls within that realm. So to me, it is justified. But the thing that makes it even more justifiable, actually, is that the uh, you know in in defense of the Florida government, they're still keeping the events close to the general public, which is again totally understandable. And honestly, this is better than nothing. So although the athletes are essentially putting their lives on the line by um, you know getting themselves exposed to potentially catching the virus while they're putting on a show while they're fighting fighting their opponents um, in the octagon but still we there's um, a reduced risk of transmitting it to other people specifically the fans and the audience that usually do sit in arenas so there's the uh, risk reduction in that sense but overall uh, just like any other fan in the world right now, I couldn't be any happier at this point. And uh, I really do hope that, okay, fingers crossed, I hope nothing bad goes down with this fight, with this whole fight card. Um, uh, not just talking about potential cancellations, but also with regards to uh, just just um, things threatening the health of um, all the athletes and all the crew working on this um, uh, UFC 249 fight card. So that is so, so exciting. And I hope you guys are as hyped up for this fight card as I am right now. So yes, uh, today we're actually going to be talking about a few fights that have been um, uh, rumored to be on this UFC 249 fight card. Now I do have to add that in a few other fights have actually been added to this fight card not just the original UFC 249 fight card that we already talked about that was um, scheduled to happen on April 18th of course we still we still do have the headline uh, between the headline fight between Tony Ferguson and Justin Gaethje for the interim lightweight championship belt but uh, a few additions have been made and a few fights have been removed from this UFC 249 fight card. So today we're going to be getting into that um, and uh, breaking down a few of those fights for you guys today. So um, something else I wanted to talk about, I forget, but uh, yeah, why not just get started with uh, the breakdown for UFC 249. So now without further ado, let's get started. Okay, so uh, first things first, uh, I know we've already talked about this fight, um, uh, the, the bout between Tony Ferguson and Justin Gaethje, but I, I really do want to point out the fact that although April 18th was actually this past weekend, Tony Ferguson, uh, we already talked about him um, on our previous episode, uh, and the fact that he, despite the fact that the fight wasn't supposed to happen on April 18th anymore, he still came out and said that he wants to make proper weights. So he still wanted to weigh in at 155 pounds um, on, on fight day, even though um, the fight wasn't even happening at all. And he actually did that to my surprise. You know, I actually, I was so excited to see if he was going to do it or not. So I kept checking my social media, you know, on Friday nights when uh, the, the weigh-ins usually do take place, you know, the day before the fights. Uh, I, I didn't see anything. So I was like, okay, maybe Tony Ferguson forgot about it. 
But listen, I shouldn't have kid myself at all because Tony Ferguson, we all know how badass of a fighter and person he is. So the next day I checked my social media again uh, on the Saturday. So actually on April 18th, and uh, he's posted a picture of um, his scale and the 155 pound number that is showing up on his scale. So shout out to Tony Ferguson for um, still proving to everybody that he was ready regardless of whether or not the fight was actually supposed to happen or not. So I really do uh, praise his uh, mindset and his mentality through and through, um, he never disappoints, man. And uh, that's that's why a lot of people just love Tony Ferguson, Not uh, obviously because of his unorthodox style and the fact that um, he never really can predict what he's actually going to do in a fight. And not only because of the fact that he has such great cardio and stamina and he can keep, literally keep fighting, um, uh, you can actually have like two or three fights on the same night, I dare say, because... He's just so ready and he's just that good, not only because of that, but also because of his tough mentality and the true confidence, the genuine confidence that he has in himself is honestly unprecedented. And I know a lot of people come out and say, you know, he's just putting on a show. He just does it for for ratings, for um, um, social media followers, whatever it is. I can't really say that for sure. I think it's true because if not then why would he do the things that he usually does when the cameras aren't there? When it's just him and himself doing the things that he's doing. You know what I mean? So I think all the things that Tony Ferguson tends to usually do is true and genuine. And that's why I, I just love the type of person and the fighter that he actually is. So yes, having said all those great things about Tony Ferguson, uh, the fight is going to happen on May 9th. Um, I, I'm sure ever since last weekend that the fight didn't happen, ever since April 18th, Tony Ferguson has still been on his grind. So I don't I don't think he ever takes a day off specifically in this situation. Like obviously this is a critical time because he was told that he was going to fight and then that he wasn't going to fight and now again the fight is on. And like I said, the type of person that Tony Ferguson is, he is the type to just keep training over and over and over and never get tired and uh, just maintain his uh, preparedness until May 9th. So, uh, you know, said all those great things about Tony Ferguson, but I think it's also fair. It, it is only fair to say all those great things about Justin Gaethje as well, because why else? Okay, you tell me, why else would anybody else accept a short notice fight against Tony Ferguson, right? You also have to uh, uh, have some sort of a mentality that, you know, tells you in your mind that if anything happens, I'm still going to be at the level, at a certain level that is going to be comparable to what Tony Ferguson is going to bring into the fight, the fact that Justin Gaethje accepted this fight offer on such a short notice for that April 18th fight just shows you that he truly believes that he possesses something that is going to uh, potentially challenge Tony Ferguson. You know, I know there's a lot of other lightweights out there who 
who always claim, quote unquote, claim that, oh, there can always be people like Tony Ferguson, they can beat people like Khabib, they can beat Conor McGregor. But when the time actually comes, when the fight offers are actually on the table against all these uh, great athletes, they bring up some excuse and they don't necessarily sign the contract. So that just shows you their true color at that point. And um, listen, I'm not trying to be harsh and mean on those people. Obviously, there could be other confounding factors that could go into why a certain fighter wouldn't want to fight those certain people at, at, at those um, uh, specific periods. But what I'm saying is right now, obviously, we're all going through critical times with this whole pandemic and Justin Gaethje. Even though I'm sure because he's taking it on sh such a short notice and uh, it is actually guaranteed that um, he hadn't gone through a proper fight camp prior to him being notified of this uh, short notice fight. So he's not um, prop probably at the best level that he usually trains at even at this point, but he still accepted a fight and that definitely tells you something about how tough he is in his mind and the fact that he really does think that he's going to bring something to the table that is going to turn things around potentially in his favor in this fight against in this fight against Tony Ferguson. So I hope that all of you guys are as pumped up as I am right now, just breaking down this bout for you guys. And like I said, fingers crossed, let's hope that nothing goes, nothing bad goes down and the fight actually does take place on May 9th somewhere in Florida. So, um, you know, the best thing about this um, revised UFC 249 fight card is that um, there's been a lot of changes. You know, some fights have been scrapped off the main event and some new fights have actually been added. So if you do recall, previously for UFC 249, the core main event was going to be a rematch fight between the former uh, strawweight champion, Rosanama Yunus, and again, the former champion, actually, no, I'm, I'm, I keep forgetting who the current champion is at the strawweight division, but, you know, the rematch fight between Rosanama Yunus and Jessica Andrade, but um, Rosanama Yunus, unfortunately, was out um, of the fight because of uh, family issues, and so the whole fight was off. But right now, the replacement fight that is also a championship fight uh, that is going to be for our main event for UFC 249 is going to be a um, bantamweight championship bout, actually, between Hen Henry Cejudo and Dominic Cruz. So this is a really interesting fight. I, I kind of suspected that Henry Cejudo did want to have a fight earlier or later, but the fact that... Dominic Cruz has stepped up to, to have this fight against Henry Cejudo is a little bit surprising. So I'm not sure if you guys do recall, but the last time that Dominic Cruz had a fight was a long, long time ago. And uh, as a result of that, he's been, Dominic Cruz has been still active, you know, uh, breaking down the game for, for all those fans out here by doing a lot of commentary on, on fight nights and what have you. But he hasn't had a professional fight in so many years ever since he he uh, lost his um, bantamweight championship belt actually against the former champion again TJ Dillashaw and uh, I believe this is going to make things um, really interesting um, specifically because we have on one hand we have this person the champion 
actually at one point the double champion Henry Cejudo you know he used to have both the flyweight belt and the bantamweight belt um, we have this person who claims that he's honestly the king that's how he's been um, carrying himself around on social media just talking trash to everybody that he can find and um, it, to be honest it's a little bit cringeworthy but um, the, you know it definitely looks like he wants to challenge himself and um, wants to prove to the world that uh, he does deserve to be to, to retain his bantamweight championship belt so do we think that Dominic Cruz has the X factor to come out in this fight after not having fought for such a long time and potentially win this fight and get the championship belt again and become the champion again? It is a bit tricky because I've been telling you guys um, uh, many, many times in our episodes that ring rust is real. And a lot of people say, what do you mean by ring rust? Well, it's essentially when you don't fight and you come back uh, to fight again, and uh, uh, you you look worn out. You you look look like an amateur when you're fighting professional uh, because of the fact that even although you you could have put in all the work in the world into your training camps and have done drills and sparring with your partners in training camp, the actual fight, the feeling of coming into the into the into the octagon and fighting a serious opponent for a legitimate fight. It, it definitely um, is important in, um, you know, sort of warming you up and um, keeping you in shape, in proper shape, in proper fighting shape. So uh, with regards to that, I think Dominic Cruz has a huge disadvantage in this fight. Um, and uh, I'm not sure if you could tell, but I'm not a huge fan of Henry Cejudo either. But uh, it, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see what's actually going to happen in this fight. Dominic Cruz, um, talking about his fighting style when he used to fight, uh, it was actually pretty interesting because he would usually switch stances and uh, by doing that, he would try to um, make um, his moves look unpredictable to his opponents, which actually did, uh, it, it, was, it was successful at times. But I do wonder if, like I said, Dominic Cruz is going to alter a few things in his fighting game or if he's just ready at all. Uh, but uh, for Henry Cejudo, we all know that he comes from a very strong wrestling background. He used to wrestle for Team USA in the Olympics. I believe he actually won a gold medal for Team USA in um, the 2008 Olympics, if I'm not mistaken. But um, he he's also really, really fast when it comes to striking. Although his shots aren't as powerful because, you know, after all, these guys are fighting at 135 pounds, which isn't really a lot. And uh, uh, one of the biggest keys to success when you're fighting at a lighter weight division is to keep up the volume and just keep overwhelming your opponent. And that's exactly what um, Henry Cejudo uh, does in his fights when he's um, uh, when the fight is conducted standing up and he has to strike his opponents, even though he usually um, tends to prefer to, to wrestle with his opponents and to, you know, throw them to the ground, attempt take, takedowns, excuse me, and um, just um, after the, the opponents are taken down, then he will attempt ground and pounds and try to just, like I said, overwhelm and um, dominate their, uh, his opponents that way. So, you know, we definitely have that fight happening for the Komen event. 
Although, I would actually strongly argue that the fight that I'm, that I'm about to announce to you guys right now should have been the co-main event of the evening because it is arguably one of the most anticipated heavyweight fights in the UFC for, for so long. I don't know what it is, unfortunately, with the heavyweight division. Uh, it's been a little bit dormant recently. Uh, we do, of course, we have our great heavyweight champion, Mr. Sipe Miocic. Um, we, we, we all love Sipe Miocic, um, the way that he fights, his power shots, all that. But like I said, the division has been a little bit um, uh, uh, dormant and um, not that active. But right now, we are going to be having a, a heavyweight bout between Francis Ngannou and uh, Rosenstroik, okay? So Rosenstroik, um, he just got signed to the UFC, or not like right now, but it's been, a, it's been a while. He's only had a couple of fights so far in the organization. So this is obviously his true test uh to see if uh if he is um legit or not because the organization has obviously mashed up um, mashed him up against one of the deadliest most dangerous heavyweights um in the ufc roster at the moment the one and only francis Ngannou. And listen, man, if you're not familiar with the type of things that uh, uh, Francis Ngannou is capable of doing in his fights, I would highly recommend while you're all staying at home in quarantine, go online and search up Francis Ngannou's knockouts because I arguably can say that there has been no other heavyweight in the UFC uh, heavyweight division that has been able to knock out his opponents to the extent that uh, Francis Ngannou has been able to do so. So he is a very, very dangerous opponent. And if Rosenstrike can come out of this um, successfully... He's just going to be taken to a whole nother level um, and the organization is going to be treated on a whole nother level. He's going to be mashed up potentially in the near future for a potential um, uh, title shot. And uh, it is a very important fight. So like I said, I really do wish that this was our coming event. But again, I'm still really grateful that the fight is still happening despite all the adversity that we've all been uh, facing for the past few weeks. So Unfortunately, I was going to break down some other fights for you guys um, on this card as well. But hey, maybe we'll do that next week. And next week, we're also going to talk about further updates if there there is going to be any on this uh, UFC 249 fight card that's supposed to be happening somewhere in Florida. But um, some of the other uh, noteworthy uh, fights that are that I'm currently seeing on this card is a lightweight fight between Donald Cowboy Cerrone and Anthony. Anthony Pettis, which I'm, again, really, really, really looking forward to. I love Anthony Pettis. And who doesn't like Cowboy Cerrone? Of course. And um, also Jeremy Stevens is fighting on this card. Jacare Sosa and Uriah Hall for the prelims. Man, this whole fight card is stacked. If anything good came out of canceling and postponing all those um, uh, fight nights and UFC 249 fight cards... It is the fact that all those fights have been concentrated on one big fight card and there's just so much talent being enlisted on this um, UFC 249 fight card, this newly uh, revised UFC 249 fight card. So like anybody else, like any other hard hardcore fan, I'm so, so excited for this fight card. And like I said, I'll definitely keep you guys updated if anything else comes up. 
But unfortunately, I'm just looking at the clock right now. Uh, uh, unfortunately, that is all the time we're going to have for this week. You guys make sure that you go to CFRU.ca to catch up with our previous episodes. You can also go to SoundCloud and iTunes to catch up with our previous episodes as well. And until next time, it's your girl Janan right here. And this is TKO. Peace out. Peace out.